0: You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome in. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. We are back. I am ready to roll. Apparently I have the plague, people. I haven't been able to share this with you. I had to miss yesterday. I've not been able to shake it just yet. It takes longer than a day or two to shake the plague, apparently. But uh, I am all hopped up on Sudafed and ready to roll. And if Sudafed's not going to get you rolling, nothing else will. So uh, we have lots of stuff to do. Yesterday, if I had come in yesterday and tried to do the show, 57 minutes of the show, roughly, would have been me just coughing. So I figured, you know what, probably take a day, try and rest the voice. It's still a little shaky, I'm not going to lie. But hoping today, it's only about maybe 25 minutes or so of coughing. But I'm back with you, ready to run through it all over the next hour. We take you up, of course, until Golick and Wingo, who come your way at 6 o'clock. The number, you know, hopefully you have not forgotten that already after just one day. 1-800-919-ESPN. I am on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, And the daily poll question is up for today. And we will get to that in a little bit. Of course, Mets pitchers and catchers were arriving in uh, Port St. Lucie yesterday. The Yankees reporting date to Tampa today. First workout for both teams is set for tomorrow. So that date you circle on your calendar, or at least the the target date you have, as the days kind of count down in the middle of winter, has finally arrived, pitchers and catchers. Now you're just hoping, generally pitchers and catchers, nothing really happens after that. Not for a while. It's going to be a few weeks before you have games. And last year, you got to pitchers and catchers if you're a Yankee fan, and unfortunately you did get news because it was like injuries every other day. So hopefully this is a much more routine spring training, and we'll just get everybody down there. And everybody's healthy and everybody's ready to roll and uh, no injury updates every single day like we had a year ago. You have the Joel Sherman article we got to get into in the post, the blockbuster story about changes that could be coming to the Major League Baseball postseason as soon as 2022. The XFL returned over the weekend. We found finally something the Mets are willing to spend some money on for a change. People, apparently, I'm not the only one that's been going delirious with uh, the plague because people have been bringing up, hey, maybe Tom Brady could go to the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, okay. People lost their minds. Jesus. Lots to do, though. And, of course, you can always get involved. 1-800-919-ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. So since I was not here yesterday, let's actually start with the XFL stuff because uh, I know a lot of people were pumped up about it over the weekend Vince McMahon's league returning. And I think you'd have to say it had a very successful return on opening weekend. I watched the, what was it, the Dragons and the Defenders game on Saturday. I know you had the Guardians game at MetLife on Sunday. People fired up to have football to watch, and they certainly took part in it. And it seems like, at least for the opening weekend, this time, the focus was much more on football right like back when they tried this in 2000 or what was it 2001 2002 whenever it was it seemed like the focus with Vince McMahon being the the operator of it that it was almost like let's swap out the wrestling portion of it we'll put in the football portion of it but that the game plan will still be the same you know kind of like a scripted drama not that the games were scripted but Focusing on characters, focusing on the drama aspect, not really on the game itself, not on the sport itself. And that last time did not work. There was a lot of anticipation for the start. It was very interesting for that first week. And then people tuned out. And this time, I think that they have a real football league run by real football players and people. And I, it, from what I watched, and I'm not going to tell you I watched every single game. But I think that of what I watched, it seemed acceptable. It seemed in my wheelhouse. There was nothing of it that I said, well, that's just silly. That's just dumb. And maybe that's the first takeaway that you have to have, that it has some form of credibility. And I think it has more credibility than the league that, that was started uh, 20 years ago or whenever it was. And I think that this league, because of the time that it comes about, has two major advantages. A – the fact that it's that gambling is involved, and it's crazy for me to think that there are people—and there were, God bless them—that were putting their money down on players and games and teams that they had never seen before. But when you gamble, and it doesn't have to be a lot. It could just simply be ten bucks. You get ten bucks on a game; it gives you far more interest. Then if you didn't have that 10 bucks on the game. And if you don't believe that to be true, just think about what your office pool is like the time that the NCAA tournament rolls around. You know, they got college basketball games going on every single day. And for the most part, it really doesn't get people all that excited. But you know what? You get 10 bucks or 20 bucks in an office pool during the NCAA tournament. You're living and dying with these teams. Gambling is fun. So the fact that gambling is involved, I think, is a a big boost. And obviously, the fact that it's on major networks, you can find it. And not even find it. it, You don't even have to be looking for it. It finds you, right? You're, You're sitting around on a Saturday or a Sunday. You're flipping the channels and, oh, look at that. There's some football. I'll sit and watch this for a few minutes. And I think that that's how it starts. I don't know the necessarily... People are going to be searching it out. I'm sure some football fans are. People who bought tickets and are continuing to buy tickets. Yeah, okay, that's great. But you don't even have to really be looking for it. And when it was the AAF or the AFF, whatever it was, that week one, it was on CBS. And I think a lot of people did sit and watch it. And "Eh, you know what? This is okay. I I can sit and watch this for a little while. The problem was the next week it was on BleacherReport.com. I'm not doing that much work, right? Like I'll put in a little bit of effort to like flip around the channels, but that's about all you're going to get from me. And hopefully when you get me to stop on your channel, whatever you're putting out there in terms of a product is interesting enough to kind of keep me watching. I like some of the innovations. The kickoff rule seems really, really smart, right? You want to take the full speed collisions out of the game. I think that was a good way to do it. I'm interested by the um, the extra point with the three different versions of the extra point like that as a rule. And I appreciate the attempt. To kind of innovate, right? Like the fact that the XFL is trying these things and the things that they tried that I saw did not seem ridiculous. Like it wasn't like they were throwing things out there that just seemed stupid. They seem like they were pretty well thought out, and you could see that eventually. Maybe not the extra point thing, but it's not that far-fetched. I feel like those are all parts of things that could be part of an NFL game, and it would not turn you off. It wasn't like they were doing something really silly, like it was a 25-point shot or you know, something stupid. So I, I appreciate that, and I think that their innovation will force the NFL to kind of innovate in ways that maybe they wouldn't have if there wasn't another league showing them actual results of what the innovation could look like. It's not just a pipe dream in somebody's head. I appreciate the attempt to kind of make you feel like you're on the field, right? They had a lot of that. You could hear the the quarterback calling out the signals while the, I thought that was a little too much. I didn't need that necessarily. Hearing the quarterback screaming gibberish while I'm trying to listen to me, that was more of an. it was good in theory. Also, the access during halftime, good in theory. I didn't really learn anything there. I didn't really get anything from that. But look, they're trying. So if it, if you try it and it works, great. If you try it and it doesn't work, all right, try something else. So I didn't really need those parts of it and, and maybe those parts of it will eventually get away. I felt like the audio levels were all off, too. Like, you couldn't, you know, when they were interviewing people on the sidelines, you really couldn't hear it because you had their quarterback. Omaha! Oma-! All right, I don't need the—that doesn't, doesn't mean anything to me. I don't need that. But I watched, and I'm sure that I, if, if it continues to be on networks that I can find, I'll probably continue to watch. Now, I don't think it's going to be appointment TV because the problem from what I saw— there's no real way to get around it. It's just not very high-level football. There's not any recognizable names. There's no star power. And that would be fine if... high-level football was easily easy to replace. But it's not. It's really hard to find those guys that are that are difference makers. So it was good. It was okay. It was fine. And I'm sure his injuries come along... I don't know what that's gonna do for the level of play. so I know everyone's all gung-ho right now and I'm I'm optimistic that it will at least be around for this season and hopefully longer than that. It's good to have leagues where people can have jobs and and and, and employ people and all that kind of stuff that's great And I'm optimistic that that I'll continue to watch but again let's not get carried away. you know a lot of the things that people are saying right now, was all said about the AAF, and that thing folded before the season was over because a rich guy came in and bought the league basically for the technology that was surrounding the league so he could use it in some betting app down the road. So I don't think that that's going to happen here, but let's not make it out like, hey, the NFL is done, and now we have this next awesome thing. Because at the end of the day, I'm still more invested in NFL football. So if it's a new mock draft that's going on, or an XFL game, I'm probably going to be reading the mock draft. 1-800-919-ESPN, one 800 919 So coming up, we'll get into uh, some baseball stuff because we have that on the agenda. The Mets arriving in Port St. Lucie. The Yankees' uh, report date is today. So hopefully everybody gets down there without uh, twisting an ankle or turning a knee. Also, Tom Verducci was on the K-Show yesterday to discuss his interview for, with uh, A.J. Hinch from back on Friday. I thought we were kind of past that, and we'd all had our our thoughts about that, but it kind of brought up some other things, and uh, that actually ties into the poll question for today. And the poll question, which is up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. I hope you haven't forgotten that after just one day. But as pitchers and catchers report to spring training, the Astros cheating scandal continues to make headlines. After hearing A.J. Hinch answer questions about it, Back on Friday, you've had some time to digest it. Do you think the Astros players ever used buzzers to cheat? Do you think they used buzzers? Hinch, in a roundabout way, I guess denied it. But we'll let you hear a little bit of Tom Verducci because he, I think, denied it far greater than A.J. Hinch did. So he was on the K show yesterday, so we'll let you hear that coming up as well. We uh, kind of ran through the XFL stuff there in the opening segment. So if you want to get in on that, one 800 espn But I did want to kind of touch on a story from last week that kind of keeps popping up. It was Friday that A.J. Hinch had that uh, interview on MLB Network where he kind of came clean, I guess, as much as he possibly could, about uh, his role in the Astros cheating scandal. He says that he wished he did more, which uh, I guess would mean that he did something. Because he didn't do anything. He did nothing. He hit a monitor with a bat. We don't even know if he did that while the team was watching. Whether the team even knows it was him. Nothing. Nothing about it. Not a whole lot of uh, answers in terms of what his role was. Never told anyone. Never had a meaning about it. But the, the big takeaway, I think, from the interview. I know it was for me while I watched the interview. Was his answer when it was brought up about rumors or speculation or feelings around the league that the Astros didn't stop with just banging a bat on a trash can, that the the system eventually morphed into players actually wearing buzzers during games to detail or highlight what pitches were coming. So in case you didn't see it or in case you forgot, here was Tom Verducci asking the question about his players wearing buzzers and here was A.J. Hinch's answer, which didn't really w- raise more questions than it answered.
1: We got investigated for three months, and the commissioner's office did as thorough an investigation as anyone could imagine was possible. I mean, I know he mentioned the, the emails and the texts and the messages, um, and I believe him.
0: That was his answer when he was asked the question, did your players wear buzzers? At any point there... Did you hear? No. If it's a ridiculous question, you would approach it with an answer that points out it's a ridiculous question. Brian, ask me, Gordon, have you ever worn a buzzer during the show to highlight something that you want to remember?
2: Gordon, have you worn any buzzers during the show?
0: Of course not, Brian. That's stupid. That's ridiculous. Why would I do that? That would serve no purpose whatsoever. Of course not. That's how you answer the question. He didn't answer it that way. In fact, he didn't answer anything. Listen to it again.
1: We got investigated for three months. Yes, we know that. the commissioner's office did as thorough an investigation as anyone uh-huh. could imagine was possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know he mentioned uh, the emails and the texts and the messages, um, and I believe them.
0: You believe the investigation. Okay. Well, keep in mind... Until Mike Fires came out and told the Athletic what he told them, there wasn't any investigation into the, into the Houston Astros at all, despite the fact it was pretty much an open secret, apparently, in Major League Baseball circles. So then Tom Verducci, who conducted the interview, you didn't hear his question there, I thought you would, he was on with the K-Show yesterday, and obviously was asked about that question and that response, and i got to be honest, someday... I hope if I do something wrong that I will have someone somewhere defend me like Tom Verducci defends A.J. Hinch and defends the Houston Astros. I don't know who asked the question on the case show yesterday, but here's the question. Do you think the Astros used buzzers?
2: Uh, no, I can see why people go there, though, because I thought he was very forthcoming otherwise. And I think there was you could see on his face on his, and in his words how authentic he was uh no i mean listen the reason i say that is because mlb did investigate that as you know more than 60 people were interviewed more than forty thousand emails um and the players walked in there what mlb does when they interview people in an investigation they say listen the only way you're getting get, get in trouble here is if you're not honest and by all indications they were honest with everything about that sign stealing scandal in 17 and 18 so to believe that they were using buzzers would mean that all players, maybe more than 20 of them, went in there and either they lied and they'll be covered it up. What I think happened here is A.J. Hinch had a case of scandal fatigue. Remember, the whole thing started and was up and running for about two months before he even knew about it, so he wasn't part of the planning or the wasn't an active participant. Uh, he didn't get the memo from his general manager in September of 2017 putting every team on notice that from here on out, if you steal signs with technology, you're going to be hit with harsh penalties. And then the same week last week, he finds out that Jeff Luna, the GM, is running this program called Operation Codebreaker, in which his backroom guys are using technology in the scouting sense to get signs. He knew nothing about that. So then after thinking they've been cleared with the buzzers because MLB investigated, I ask him, and it's like, come on. You know, I, I can't keep going down there. I don't know what I don't know. I do know we didn't do it, but I'm not going to go out on that limb. Now, if you want to make the leap and believe that there were buzzers used, that would mean that there's something horribly wrong with that investigation and that somehow the players either lied or have done an incredible job to cover that up. <laughs> and I don't think you would have known, Michael, because clearly he broke two televisions to let them know in 17 he wasn't down with all this science feeling stuff that was going on. So why would they even tell him? If, in fact, something like that was going on.
0: Michael asked the question, obviously. Uh, I, 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 again, I hope someday to have someone defend me, whether I've done it or not, as as Tom Verducci uh, defends uh, A.J. Hinch. He's portraying it as if A.J. Hinch – there's no way he could have known any of this. And then he even says at one point, I don't know what I don't know, but I know we didn't do it. Well, which is it? You can either plead, you can't plead ignorance at one point and then say, well, I know for sure we didn't do that. Well, I didn't know it at this stage. I didn't know it at that stage. I didn't know it at this stage. I didn't know this. But he knows for sure they absolutely didn't do that. It just, it it defies reason. Here is uh, Verducci on the no answer that Hinch gave, which was as bad an answer as he could give on it. Because that's the only thing that anybody remembers from that interview now, pretty much, is his answer about the buzzers. Yeah, again, I
2: think it's scandal for T. He doesn't know what's coming around the next corner to what comes out. Uh, Maybe somebody had a guy in a purple shirt in the right field stand. I don't know. He doesn't know. Uh, That's all I can read, but... To say that you didn't like his answer and now you're going to make the leap that in 2019, when there were so many protocols in place, that somehow they were using buzzers and we didn't find out about that.
0: I mean, that's an enormous leap. I don't think it's an enormous leap at all. Again, if Mike Fires didn't go to the athletic and say, hey, this is what was going on and then the likes of of John Boy and and other people went back and looked at the video and found the video and and synced it up. Hey, look, here you go. Bang, bang, boom. I don't think Major League Baseball would have done anything at all. And to me, making the leap from what we now know the Astros did to what is being alleged, that's a far shorter leap then what Major League Baseball didn't do that entire time when it seems, again, like it was an open secret. So our poll question, which is up for today, it's on Twitter, at Gordon Damer is, do you believe that the Astros players ever use buzzers to cheat? And knowing what we know about the Astros, to me, it would seem crazy that they didn't. Now, I get it. There's no smoking gun. Major League Baseball wasn't able to find a smoking gun with their investigations either. But you just take a look at the the different pieces of video, including Altuve, the celebration, which there's no way to say he hits a home run to send his team to the World Series. He's rounding third base. Now, keep in mind, he hits the home run. Going down to first base, is he jumping around? Is he throwing his helmet? Is he pumping his fist? No, nothing. It's like he just hit a home run in the 7th inning of a game in July. He rounds third base and his his big focus at that point is not being lost in the euphoria of the moment, a moment that will live on in Houston Astros history forever and baseball history forever. Don't rip off my shirt. That's what his focus is on. Don't don't rip off my shirt. That doesn't seem odd to you. Knowing what we know now, I'll grant you at the time didn't seem as weird, although Chapman's reaction seemed weird at the time. And now it kind of makes you kind of go back and and revisit it and make you think something else that Chapman knew that they were stealing signs and that he just got got. And then immediately after he crosses home plate, make sure that nobody tears off his shirt. How does he celebrate? Does he Run around the infield? Is he high five? No, he runs immediately into the clubhouse to change his shirt. So Tom Verducci was asked, doesn't he find the Altuve celebration a bit odd?
2: No. Jose Altuve is like Derek Jeter. He's one of these hitters. If you tell him what's coming, he's going to swing at it. He's the kind of guy over the years has never wanted it tonight. If you're on second base and you can pick up signs, which you all know about. He doesn't want the signs. That, that dude in Houston who broke down, what, 8,000 different pitches, found that they had pitches or supposedly had pitches the least out of anybody. So, no, he had a home run earlier, and his wife didn't like him taking the shirt off. I, I really believe it's nothing like that. Uh, but now Listen, I understand why all this stuff is in play. The Astros brought all of this on themselves. They have no right to complain
0: if you or me or anybody says, well, I think there was more going on. Does that make any sense to anybody? His wife doesn't like him his shirt being ripped off, so that's why he didn't celebrate. So he tells the team, hey, don't rip off my shirt. He gets across home plate. They don't rip off his shirt. But then the next thing he does is run into the dugout and change his shirt. He already got it so that his shirt is not going to be ripped off. So then why would he go and change his shirt? Does his wife also like him to wear the MLB officially licensed postseason T-shirts after he hits a game-winning home run? Is that also something his wife has a very strange opinion on? It's very, very weird. Very, very strange. And sorry, all the uh, all the other evidence, like that one video clip where the what was the catcher's? I can't remember the catcher's name off the top of my head. Where he has something fall off his body during an at bat, and he picks it up and sticks it in his back pocket. Oh, don't mind me. That was almost like uh, when Joe Necro got caught with the the uh, the nail file in his back pocket, and he pulls it out and just kind of tosses it to the side. Oh, that? Oh, don't worry about that. That's just a nail file that I use to th- <laughs> throw illegal pitches. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Well, as we always say about the poll question, it's very hard to get everyone to agree on everything. I am guessing today, now it's very early on, we're only halfway through the show, the poll question runs throughout Golik and Wingo. I am guessing that today we'll have a very good chance to be the biggest blowout in the history of our poll questions. Usually it's very rare to get into the 90 percentile. Right now, we're running at ninety-five percent that people absolutely think the Astros use buzzers. And while Tom Verducci's defense of AJ Hinch is uh, is is noble, I guess I don't think he's I don't think he convinced anyone, and I don't think Major League Baseball convinced anybody either. I mean, that makes absolutely no sense. And when you know that something's up, right? Like we know that the Astros did something illegal. And then you see other strange things. Of course you're going to say, well, I already know they were doing something illegal. So the fact that they're doing all these other weird things is probably a sign that they're doing something else illegal. The Altuve rounding the bed, that is never going to make sense to me. And it would be one thing is, all right, he just doesn't like uh, getting his shirt ripped off. Okay, fine. That's a little weird, but okay. But then immediately goes into the dugout and changes his shirt? That doesn't seem strange to anybody else. 1 800 919 ESPN, 1 800 919 3776. Freddie's in the Bronx. Freddie, what's going on, my man? Hey, good morning, Gordon. How are you? I'm good, man. What's up?
1: Thank you, Michael. Um, I think Tom Berducci's answers were a joke. They were a joke. How is he going to defend Altuve going into the dugout telling people not to rip off his shirt? How is he going to believe that?
0: Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't pass the smell test. Yeah,
1: you just hit a home run to go into the World Series, and that's how you're going to celebrate. We have never seen that before.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it's very strange.
1: When he took the the Yankees to the World Series, he was going
2: crazy.
0: Yeah, and it's not like the you know people will say, well, the Astros won in 2017. Altuve was part of that team in 2017. Okay, they won the World Series once. It's not like they've been to the World Series year after year after year. I mean, this is a big moment. This is a huge moment. He just wins the, the championship series. They win the pennant. They're going to the World Series. Doesn't react at all. The only thing he's focused on, don't rip off my shirt. And once he gets past home plate, they didn't rip off his shirt. They did what he wanted. The first thing he does is go and change his shirt. If your kid gave you that excuse they came home from school and they were telling you a story and that was the excuse they gave you would you believe it i don't think so i know i wouldn't
2: it appears
1: that tyson is virtually a one-eyed fighter at this point
2: a desperate one-eyed fighter rolling willingly just to try to get in the shot that will finish things in what an uppercut by Douglas and down goes Tyson it's over over. Mike Tyson has been knocked out unbelievable this makes Cinderella look like a sad story what Buster Douglas has done here tonight let's go ahead and call it the biggest upset ...in the history of heavyweight championship fights. Say it now, gentlemen. James Buster Douglas, undisputed heavyweight champion of the world.
0: One of the sport's great uh, cautionary tales, right? The unbeaten fighter, the unbeatable guy being beaten in Mike Tyson 30 years ago today. 30 years ago. Oh, my goodness. And that was a fight I did not watch live because there was no point on watching it live. It was Mike Tyson against James Buster Douglas. Why would I watch that live? And I remember coming home and my mom and dad saying, oh, by the way, did you hear Mike Tyson lost? i like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And my mom and my father, too, they like to play a little practical joke from time to time. No, no, he really he lost. His eye was all swollen up. and bu- Yeah, yeah, yeah. James Buster, okay. Sure he did. Sure he did. And it took him about a good half hour to convince me. And then I think it was um, maybe it was Nick Charles on CNN. I can't remember where I saw it first. And I, you just sat there and you're like, what? He actually lost? And James Buster Douglas, the heavyweight champion of the world 30 years ago, what a story, And one of those ones you'll always remember where you were when you found out the news. Hey, it's the biggest heavyweight title fight in decades as world's champion Deontay Wilder faces lineal champ Tyson Fury live from Las Vegas. Two undefeated heavy hitters square off for the second time in the most anticipated rematch. in recent heavyweight history, Saturday, February 22nd, 9 p.m., live on pay-per-view. And And, you know, it's glad to see, did you see the story? The Mets spent $57 million dollars to revamp their clubhouse in Port St. Lucie, fifty-seven million on the clubhouse, not the stadium, not the building, not the town, the clubhouse. What in the hell did they put in that clubhouse for fifty-seven million dollars? Gosh, those must be some really comfortable chairs. What did they put in a time machine? Fifty-seven million dollars. And it really wasn't the Mets that put it on. Apparently taxpayers paid 55 million of it. But the Mets, hey, they kicked in two. Two million doesn't grow on trees. For six weeks. And the other aspect of the story is that minor leaguers are not going to be able to, they're not allowed to use that clubhouse because the Mets as a franchise want them to remember the status they're trying to achieve. Hey, don't be, uh, don't be sticking up our clubhouse with your minor league sweat. As if the minor leaguers are lacking motivation. Like they need, they they would be major leaguers. They just don't have the motivation to focus their energies in the proper way. So now they'll be able to maybe look through some plexiglass into this 50, $57 million. There was a clubhouse there already. That the, the part, It was there. They just revamped it. $57 million. Wow. That's a lot of money to put into a room. It's a whole lot of David Wright pictures to go around the room. It's a lot of fatheads. Those fatheads are not that expensive. $57 million worth of fatheads seems a bit much, but nice to see the Mets are spending some money someplace. All right. So there's this story from Joel Sherman that got uh, everybody all worked up yesterday, and you can understand why. Major League Baseball seriously weighing a move to change the postseason as soon as 2022. And the biggest part of it would be that each league would go from five playoff teams to seven playoff teams. So instead of three division winners and two wild cards, you would have seven playoff teams, the team with the best record overall in each league, would get a pass in the first round of the playoffs. They'd get a bye. The other six teams would then face off in best-of-three series. And the example used from last year would be the Yankees would have the top seed in that first round of the playoffs, and that they would get to pick their opponent The problem is the Yankees still would want to pick the Twins. No, you can't pick the Twins. You have to pick one of the bottom three teams. No, no, no. We still want the Twins. Can we have the – how can we get the Twins? No, you can't have the Twins in the first round. So, obviously, the changes to Major League Baseball's postseason are not going to go over all that well. And the reaction to this has been uh, pretty – I would say pretty unanimous, right? People do not like the idea. Let me say a couple of things, one of which I like the fact that they give some sort of benefit to the the team with the best record. If I'm looking for silver linings and this also might finally get some teams to actually try to compete rather than it feels like there's just too many teams that are not even trying to win. But there's no way around it. Seven, 14 playoff teams in Major League Baseball. God, I hate that. And I don't see how you could be a baseball fan and not hate that. I am not someone who doesn't like change or doesn't like innovation or doesn't like trying to come up with something better. I've been very vocal about the the electronic strike zone. There's no reason in this day and age when you have the technology to be able to do it That the strike zone, the very essence of the game, is still dictated by somebody's perception. One guy's perception as opposed to somebody else's. And there are blown calls every single game. Sometimes that really alter the direction of the game. So that's one area. If Major League Baseball wants to make a change, and something that I'm sure a lot of people will cry about originally, but will get used to very quickly, that one's fine. Seven playoff teams? That's terrible. I didn't like the idea when you went to the two wild cards per league, but at least it made a little bit of sense. He kind of dinged them for being a wild card team and made it a little tougher for them to be able to overcome that. But seven, oh, that'll take a long time, I think, before people are ready and willing to accept that one. And the fact that it's being floated as an idea for 2022, it's not really that far away. And it does make you wonder, like, when you talk about the things that are being brought up to kind of fix baseball, and Joel kind of goes into it that the the broadcast networks want more playoff inventory, I get that. I would rather you keep the current playoff format and make series longer rather than putting more teams. It just goes against the very fabric of baseball. And you're going to a best-of-three playoff series. Baseball is just not football, right? Like if you play two teams in football, the power and the, the the skill on one team, you're able to dominate that other team more times than not. Baseball, it's all on the pitching. And so if you have one a, a bad start, all of a sudden a team that maybe won 20 more games during the regular season is now going to get bounced or be pretty close to getting bounced from the postseason as a result of one bad game. It just goes against the fabric of the game. So I'd much rather you make uh, wild-card games instead of just being a wild-card one game, make it a best-of-three series or make the best-of-five best-of-sevens rather than adding teams to the postseason because that just doesn't seem to make any any sense at all. have not had any coughing fits on the air so far, Brian, and uh, the show is uh, rolling right along. So that's a, a successful Tuesday, in case you're just joining us. It is the Gordon Damer Show. Sorry I missed yesterday. But uh, it would just have been an absolute mess trying to get through the air. The cough is, uh, is subsiding, but the voice is still struggling a little bit. But our poll question, not struggling at all, unless you're a Houston Astros fan. We focused on the Astros a lot. Of course, A.J. Hench had his interview on MLB Network on uh, Friday. Tom Verducci answered some questions about that interview yesterday on the K-Show, which we played earlier. But our poll question basically is uh, kind of tied into A.J. Hinch's answer about the buzzers, which he didn't really answer the question. He just says that Major League Baseball did an investigation, and I believe it. He didn't say, no, that's ridiculous. No, we never would have done that. That's That's really crossing a line. I know for a fact my players would never do that, although with the way his players just kind of – did not care one single bit about him at all. If, it, if he ever did make it clear that he was against the uh, uses of the signals, uh, maybe he, it's not all that surprising he didn't come out and defend his players all that much. But after hearing A.J. Hinch answer questions about the buzzers, do you think the Astros players ever used buzzers to cheat? And uh, our poll question is up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, and I said that it looks like we're going to not only surpass 95 uh, 90%, which is very rare. We n- almost never get people to agree that to that degree. But right now it is running at 95.7% that people believe that they absolutely use buzzers. And I don't really know. No one has given me a reasonable answer for how they believe that that's not the case. Like, there's nothing about either the Altuve celebration after beating the Yankees in the ALCS or the other pieces of video that you've seen, nobody can give me a reasonable explanation for the things that happened in those videos. Altuve not celebrating at all, only focused on, hey, don't rip off my shirt. And then immediately going into the clubhouse and changing his shirt. That just seems strange. And nobody has been able to give me a reasonable answer. And it's funny because the only place that I hear that the punishment for the Astros was harsh is either people on or associated with MLB Network. That's the only places that I ever hear that. And it makes you feel like, you know what, they're just uh, trying to to cover for the league. It's the way it feels. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Lewis is in Whippany. Lewis, what's going on, my man? Hey, how you doing, Gordon? I'm good, man. What's up?
1: Hey, listen. Uh, so I actually watched uh, all the uh, XFL games. Every and, one uh, of them. Yeah, every one of them.
0: Oh my god!
1: What do you mean? They, they were actually good. The only game that wasn't uh, that wasn't what I would consider like pretty good football was the St. Louis Dallas game. That felt like watching the Chargers and the Browns play. Like just Phillip Rivers is throwing interceptions and the Browns just can't score. Okay. You know, it, that's that's how that game felt. But uh, other than that, like. You know, people people really need to tone down their expectations, man. You you saying, "Oh, this isn't great football." It's like, listen, the NFL wasn't what it is when it first started. You know, it, well, it's,
0: yes, but you know, mean, we're not right. But the NFL is now in its one <laughs> hundredth season. I'm not going to be around for a hundred seasons of the XFL. It's going to take them to get up to speed fifty seasons. Uh, I don't know whether or not they're going to be around. Uh,
1: no, it's, it, I'm not saying that. I'm saying like, just tone down your expectations. Obviously. These guys aren't genetic freaks, you know. Three hundred pounds running a four four, you know, like they're people that just couldn't cut it to make it to the NFL. So you talk. Well, no, I mean, position. look,
0: I think that they're not far. I think that the guys, a lot of them, were either in camps or you know they, they got drafted or they they've they've had a little taste of NFL football. You know what it really is? It really comes down to the skill positions, Lewis. Like the the, oh. the especially the quarterback position. Like I think it's going to be hard to get. It's all well and good to have football to watch, but to really be interested in it, it's got to be somewhat of a high level, and I didn't get the sense that that was high level football. It was nice to have football to watch, but whether or not I'm going to do that week in and week out, um, I, I don't think I'm going to.
1: No, no, I, I completely agree. I mean, the only quarterback that looked decent was Cardell Jones, and that's and the guy only has apparently only 12 stars. But other than that, there, there was a few names that I did recognize. You know, uh, Joe Horn's son and Ricky Pro's son, and uh, I think like three other guys that I actually kind of know about, but I'm pretty sure most the the casual fans didn't even know who those people were. But, yeah, you're right. It's all going to come down to the skill position and mainly the quarterback position.
0: Yeah, I, and I'm kind of surprised. Like, I, I guess it just uh, – I guess anybody who's relatively – has a pipe dream or a shot at playing in an NFL or for an NFL team is going to take that chance. I'm just surprised that they didn't have a little bit more star power in guys that you at least heard of that flamed down the NFL for whatever reason. And didn't, they didn't take that chance rather than, uh, you know, just try to keep getting back to the NFL. Greg is in East Meadow. Greg, what's going on, man? Hi, Gordon. What's up? yeah, maybe Jose Altuve wanted to save that Jersey for uh, memorabilia market or something
2: maybe what, you don't rip it. off the
0: buttons I think that it would still yes. be worth it because I know oh, like don't. when it when it's a cracked bat I think that the cracked bats actually go for more than uh, like a, guy, a bat that's not been cracked okay yeah and, and there's no look there's no I, I've, I've thought I've tried to think of all the different reasons there's not really any reason you can think of watching his reaction. All right, Maybe he's not a guy who celebrates. Okay, fine. But to round third base, the only thing you're focused on, don't rip off my shirt. Once you get past all the guys on the team and the celebration in that moment, you don't continue to celebrate on the field. You immediately run off the field, change your shirt, and then come back on the field to do an interview. He had to know he was going to do an interview. They have team personnel standing there to make sure that the interview takes place. That's a huge moment. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever, and neither do Tom Verducci's uh, kind of defenses of that moment as well. All right, that's going to do it for today. We're out of time. Please vote on the poll question. We'll see you tomorrow at 5, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.